It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. It is time, James. It's the weekend mailbag, our favorite episode of the week. We take questions from you, our great listeners on Twitter. You look for the tweet from at Bengals. It goes out on Thursdays, sometime around noon, give or take an hour on Thursday. We collect your questions in response to that tweet. We go through them. We flag all of our favorites and we try to get to as many of your questions as we can. And James, our first question today comes from Canada, a fellow Canadian resident, Ben Grant, fellow for me anyway, asks, given the (laughs) the Bentley conversation earlier this week, if you each had up to $100,000 that had to be spent on the car, on a car for your co-host, what car would you choose and why? Oh, Jake, Jake, Jake. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to go with something that'll get you through the forest, but will also get you through your island and and, and anywhere else that you want to go through in Canada or America for that matter. Have you seen the new Bronco? Is that a truck? No, I I haven't. The Ford Broncos. It's like like an SUV off-road type vehicle. You remember the Broncos back in the day? Well, they're coming back out. Okay. And if you've got one that's loaded, it's probably like probably 60 to 70,000. And there's going to be a markup because they're backlogged anyway because of uh, uh, so many people wanting to buy them. But it's like, it's almost like Ford's version of the Jeep Wrangler, but it's bigger. Okay. Um, but, but, but it's that type of that style. Like Google it while we're talking. It's, it's cool. I think you'd really like it. I would want one. So I think that that's, that's like the all purpose, awesome, unique vehicle. That, uh, that I would pick for you. I appreciate that because I live on an island with a lot of, you know, service roads, logging roads kind of thing where it's somewhat difficult terrain to navigate. And I don't like taking my, my Mazda, my little car on these <laughs> roads with foot deep potholes. So having something a little bit bigger would be nice to deal with some of that stuff. I appreciate that sentiment. I went, I went a different route for you, James. I, I went, what's the... What's the like the sexiest but also most useful vehicle you could get for under a hundred grand? And I, I looked it up and I think a Porsche Cayenne or Porsche Cayenne is is right up there. Right right at like the ninety-seven thousand mark from from the research wow. that I did very briefly. So you get the SUV, but you all you also get that sporty, sexy Porsche engine and look. And I thought that I, I don't know, I was actually uh, at first I was thinking sports car for you like some two door kind of thing. But then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe something that, that splits the difference. And that's why I landed on the Cayenne. Gotcha. See, you went, you spent more than I did. I was definitely yeah. being frugal because I might've overestimated. I know you can get a Bronco, right? Like stickers, like they're going for more than sticker right now, but they're like 30, but loaded. If you're getting every single 
option. And that's what I would do. I assume around 50, but uh, obviously the Porsche is a little more expensive. I appreciate you. You're yeah, spending what, a little more on me. What are you doing with the rest of the money? You just keeping it for yourself? Come on, dude. No, I, I will invest in new podcasting equipment. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Got to get some new microphones. All right, let's get to a football question, shall we? Flyer Fanatic at L-O-W-D fan on Twitter asked about Kyle Pitts. He's a little bit concerned, James. Kyle Pitts has some of the same strengths as Auden Tate. Great catch radius, good hands, <laughs> knack for high-pointing the ball. But does Kyle Pitts have enough speed and quickness not to fall to the same fate as Tate if he were drafted? So the concerns about, you know, maybe he's just Auden Tate and, and uh, he's not, but let's answer the question. Sure. You know, and I, I don't mean to laugh. I, I get it because it, from day one, it, it's been – Auden Tate, could he, should he just move to tight end? And we see it. He's slow, but he can high point the ball, and he can contort his body, and he has some strengths. But, look, he's a wide receiver. Uh, he, he's, he's not a tight end. The, the thing about Kyle Pitts is he's a better wide receiver than Auden Tate has ever been. And I'm not trying to be mean. It, it's just I, I don't know if there's been a day in Kyle Pitts's adult life, so the past three years, where he hasn't been better than Auden Tate as a receiver. That being said, he's still a tight end. He's still able to to do some of the things that tight ends do. Um, does he need to uh, bulk up a little bit? I think there's some concerns with his body being a tight end, and that is a frequently injured position as is. We see some of the most physical guys in the sport get hurt, but he's explosive. Uh, he's definitely got plenty of speed, definitely got the hands, the playmaking ability, all of the things you look for. And that's why, to me, he's a guaranteed top 15 pick. And you're seeing all these analysts have him in, the, you know, th their third on their big board, fifth on their big board, because he's just really, really, really talented. I'm going to be really interested to see how he runs. And we're not going to get combine numbers for him this year. So we're only going to get like pro day 40 yard dash time for Kyle Pitts. Auden Tate ran about a 4.7. There's a chance. Kyle Pitts runs a 4-7. There's also a chance he runs a 4-4. So we're going to have to see how he runs. He might be faster than Auden Tate. I, I wouldn't be remotely surprised. But the, the big difference is, in my opinion, that he has shown the ability to consistently beat man coverage, whether it's on the outside or, or from in line. So if it's a corner, if it's a linebacker, if it's a safety, he's been able to beat man coverage. And that's something that Auden Tate... He, he doesn't consistently separate, right? And Kyle Pitts has that agility. He has that route running skill to gain separation in addition to all the other things that you talk about when you talk about the size and the catch radius and the leaping ability. The other thing that I, I don't know how many people know about this is Tate actually jumped really poorly, vertically anyway, at the combine. He, he's very big and obviously has that giant catch radius. He has, he's, he's long and it looks like he can get up but he didn't jump well at the combine. And I think you'll see Kyle Pitts test like a better athlete than Auden Tate. And, and to your point, James, that's only comparing them as a wide receiver. Uh, Auden Tate did have 19 snaps from inline tight end. I will give him credit for that in 2020. And that's from PFF. So they did use him there a little bit, but obviously you would expect a lot more from, a, from an actual tight end in terms of tight end snaps. So versatility, check. Beating man coverage, check and probably a much more dynamic athlete. Those are the big things in my mind before we get the testing numbers that separate Pitts and Tate. And he better be, right? He better just be better in all those areas if you're considering him with the fifth pick and comparing him to a guy like Tate who has exceeded expectations, 
but was a seventh rounder. You know, was cut once upon a time and on the Bengals practice squad for a bit. So that's just uh, that's just the the difference there between those two guys. Next question, Dom at Bumbling Bengal asks, hey, guys, hope you're doing well. After two seasons as head coach, where in the league do you think Zach Taylor ranks exclusively as a play caller? And and what's the what's the end? Come on! Oh, love the podcast. There you go. So uh, sh- shout out to Dom for the kind words. We appreciate you, Dom. Uh, <laughs> I actually think Zach Taylor is right around average as a play caller. I think that he has some deficiencies as a head coach or or some areas where he needs to improve. But generally speaking, by and large, I found the play calling to sometimes be really good, sometimes have some not so good moments, and a lot of times to be in the middle of the road. And for me, that all summarizes as average play caller. I do not have major issues with Zach Taylor as a, as a play caller. That's fair. And I think that some of the stuff he deserves credit for some of the stuff that he did to put Joe Burrow in a position to succeed, right? It wasn't just Joe Burrow. There's a reason Joe likes Zach so damn much. And I think that's a big part of it. If I had to rank him, like just give a ranking somewhere, I think you're right. Um, But I'll I'll do a numbers range, 16 to 24. I think he's right below the, you know, the the top half of the league. I mean, you you think about it, most of the the teams in the playoffs, their play callers, for the most part, you're probably taking. You know, I, I think that that's, just almost reality. I, th- I think there are some uh, really good play callers in this league. So that's probably where he is. Now that could change, right? Because the the thing that's in Zach's favor, if they get the offensive line and they maybe add a weapon like a Kyle Pitts, is he can unleash the whole arsenal and not have to be forced to scheme around this big hole in in, in an offense, which is the offensive line. That's what he's been forced to do. And that's a really tough situation to be in game in and game out, week in and week out, especially with the young quarterback. So he could certainly rise up that list. And if things go well, we could be talking about him much higher next year. And again, for me, I think a lot of the issues on offense were more in the way that things were taught, the way that things were uh, installed, the way that players executed than the play calls in a lot of cases. I mean, I can think just off the top of my head of, some really big plays on pick plays that they just were blocking too far downfield and they happen right at the end of the season. Like those things should not be happening that late in the season. So that's not play calling. Those are really good play calls. They just need to be executed. And then you get chunk plays that instead turned into penalties coming up next. A lot more questions. This is a three segment mailbag. So stick with us and see if your question gets answered in this edition of the weekend mailbag. We know our listeners are one of a kind and TurboTax knows your taxes are too. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and get you the best tax outcome possible. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver, you have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you've got a podcast like James and I and you want to write off that microphone. TurboTax's experts will help you through the process. Maybe you don't want to deal with your taxes at all. You just want to provide the documents and wash your hands of it. Well, they've got experts that will file your taxes for you while you spend your time on what you love. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let that expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it, TurboTax Live. We're going to be back with the weekend mailbag in just a second, but Built Bar, we talk about them all the time. 
Get your weekend started off right with Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Check out their 18 amazing flavors from their caramel brownie to their lemon almond cheesecake. I had the carrot cake one today. It's amazing. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate. I mean, I could go on and on and on about these amazing bars. And what's great about them, they're covered in 100% chocolate. It doesn't feel like you're eating a protein bar. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And not only do they taste great, but they're healthy, high in protein, low in sugar, high in fiber, low, low, low in fat, and low in calories. So check them out right now. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Locked On Bengals listeners, back into the mailbag we go. And the next question comes from Joe Kopke at Joe Kopke two on Twitter. He says, if one of the three quarterbacks is to drop to pick five, should Cincinnati trade back even if Penny Sewell is on the board? With all the quarterback needy teams out there, the teams that don't get Watson or Stafford could be itching for a new quarterback. The Bengals could acquire a lot of draft capital with a trade or two. Absolutely, they should consider it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, they absolutely should trade back because that isn't the case. But everything has a price. Most things in my life, including my car, laptop, the camera we're talking on, the microphone, you can buy them. They're for sale always. And the fifth pick, there is a price. Now, if Sewell's there, that price might be a tinge higher than it is if he's gone and Jamar Chase is gone. And and so that's kind of the, the play here. If you're the Bengals, if you can move down, let's say, three spots uh, to Carolina, right, at eight, and you're adding a a day two pick in 2021 and a day two pick in 2022 or something like that, and maybe it's just a second rounder. You just get their second rounder. Might be worth it if Sewell and Chase, um, if one of those two guys is there and you have Slater really close to Sewell on your draft board and he's there and maybe Devontae Smith is still there and you're like, all right, well, these three guys, we would love to take any of these three at number five, but we can add an extra second round pick to address our defense or just our offensive line or whatever at eight. And, and the key to this, and I hate going back to this, but the key to this is freeing up your weaknesses a bit in free agency. Because if, if they don't add a tackle, the pressure to take a tackle at five is so tremendous and so big that it would be really hard to trade out of it if Sewell falls. But if he falls to five and you get an offer that you can't, that, that you just don't want to refuse, an offer that you want to take, having that flexibility is key. So I would absolutely listen. Um, that being said, would I lean towards taking Sewell or taking Chase if they're there at five? Yes, because I think they're top five prospects, uh, potentially. Certainly Chase is a top five prospect for me. Uh, but uh, even then, if Chase is there, you still listen to the offer and see who else is available because moving down could benefit them in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to depend a lot on a lot on free agency. Ask us this question again in two months, right? And and the answer might be a little bit different. I, I think you point that out, and that's a good point. I think it'll also depend a lot on the compensation and and what team wants to come up. Both you, James, and Joe, who asked the question, talked about Carolina. And I think it was just this week that we traded back. And all we did in that trade back is add a second round pick. Very simple trade back. All we want is your second round pick. And and just what a difference that can make if 
if there's not a huge difference for you between Christian Derisov, Rashawn Slater, and and Penny Sewell, which there probably should be, uh, but maybe those second two guys are close, and maybe they're close enough that whatever you're going to add in round two is good enough. Because I don't think Joe Burrow needs an elite offensive line, and we've talked about this a bunch. He needs he needs an offensive line that that can function, right? He needs like an average offensive line. And you can get an above average offensive lineman at eight or at 12, most likely, right? So you, you gauge the opportunity cost. You gauge the, the fit with your team and the way you want to build your roster, where you want to invest those resources. And, and that informs your decision a lot. The other thing to consider, and I'm just going to throw this angle out there, is that fifth year option for a top 10 pick is a lot bigger than that fifth year option for the 11th overall pick. So if they're looking down the road and considering salary cap implications five years from now, which is insane and probably not something that you should consider when you're talking about trading back, that is a factor that that I think uh, should weigh into things. That is more resources that you have available to you down the road. Everything is a resource management game. And so that's really the question is, are you gaining enough to, to justify moving back? And, and the answer is probably no, because honestly, I, I think if a team is trying to move up and Sewell is on the board, they probably know the Bengals aren't taking a quarterback. So they're competing with other teams to get ahead of them. And they might say, you know what? We can target pick six instead of pick five, because we know you're not taking a quarterback, right? So that might play against the Bengals. But if there's a bidding war, then, and, and you can you can drive up the, the price, then, then sure, they should absolutely be all ears. And if, if the, the shoe fits, Wear it, you know. Let's let's use a bad a a bad trait <laughs> saying for it. And and the thing is, when it comes to the fifth pick, if a couple quarterbacks go early, Sewell and Chase are probably one of those guys is probably going to be there. You know, yeah. if two quarterbacks go in the the first four picks, you feel good about one of those guys potentially being there. Maybe not. And if three go, like some have have mocked, then you're absolutely there. Um, and if not. In, in Sewell and Chase do go, then there is going to be a quarterback around that people are trying to move up from uh, and move up for. I do agree, though. Usually, if you have a blue chip or a Chase, a Sewell, just take them. You know, if they're much higher on the board than the other guys that are available, the Bengals should just take them because they need an infusion of talent. And one last point real quick, James. If, if the top four picks get shaken up by a Deshaun Watson trade, well, you could end up with another team up there if, if the Texans end up with that pick. That's taking a quarterback. So we'll have to see what happens with the trade market, with with the quarterbacks out there, with Stafford, with Deshaun Watson. And we'll have to see what happens in free agency before we can really give a good answer to this question. So please come back. Ask this question again in about two months. Next question comes from Stephen Farrell. He says, I haven't heard anybody talk about Larry Warford since he opted out. How does he rank among the free agents the Bengals will be pursuing? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know how he ranks among the Bengals free agent targets, but I, I think this is a guy that's in the conversation if they want to go interior offensive line, right? I mean, this is a guy that's had a generally solid NFL career. The last time he played in 2019, he was still a good player. He's played over a thousand snaps in each of the last two seasons he played. He would definitely be an upgrade at guard. He's turning 30 in July, so still has some years left on the tires should be fresh coming off a year of, of not playing. So 
if he's available, I, I absolutely think that Warford should be a guy that's in consideration and he probably won't make as much as a guy like Brandon Scherf or Joe Tooney. No, and he shouldn't because there are definitely some concerns. Obviously, he missed a year. Um, when he got released by the Saints, there were some weight concerns. So that would be the key here. Is he still working out? Is he still in pretty good shape? But if he is and he's motivated, then this is the type of guy I think you do target, right? A, a guy who's established in this league, played for a winner, can be an instant upgrade, but you're not going to have to break the bank for, and you might be able to get a, on a bit of a bargain, uh, even if it's a you know a, a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal, because he might be looking to reestablish himself in the league. So I, I think that that part of it uh, is intriguing, and I would certainly kick the tires on the University of Kentucky alum. Up next, we'll continue the mailbag but I don't know about you, Jake. I've already thrown money down on Super Bowl 55. The big game is a week from Sunday, and there's there's plenty of options. Whether you want to weigh in on the prop bets, whether you want to do the line. Last I saw it, I got it at Chiefs minus three. Maybe you want to bet on who's going to be the Super Bowl MVP. You can do all of those things at betonline.ag. It's the one place that has you covered, the one place we trust and right now, if you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On. you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So spice up Super Bowl 55. Check it out right now. Again, betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's wrap up this week of podcasts with one last segment of mailbag questions, James. Our next question comes from Ronald Volkerding, at Ron Volkerding on Twitter. He says that we have been preaching offense this offseason, but the defense gives up too many yards and too many points. What good is a high-scoring offense if it can't outscore their opponent? The offense needs to be addressed, writes Ron, especially the offensive line and wide receiver, but we still need players to get stops. It's fair, and, and that's the argument for trading back. And I, I think um, either way, the Bengals have eight picks in this draft. We're not saying take all offense. I don't think you're saying that, Jake. I know I'm not saying that. But when it comes to the fifth pick, if they don't move, I don't see a scenario where it's a defensive player that's the best player available. I just I don't that 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 fits what the Bengals are looking for. I think it's easily tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. It's one of those three. So that's offense. Two, where do you want the Bengals to spend money? To me, after last year where they spent a bunch of money on defense, I want them to spend money in the trenches. I'm not saying go out and get a bunch of wide receivers in free agency. I'm saying get the help in the the trenches because this is a, a decent wide receiver draft and you might be able to find someone at five. So that that's where I'm at. That's what I mean by get the offense. Of course, defensively, you want to add an edge rusher. You want to draft a, a defensive tackle, assuming that you release Geno Atkins, which we're all assuming. Absolutely, you want to do those things. But the fifth pick and the bulk of the money they spend 
on guys not named Carl Lawson and, and William Jackson III this offseason or an extension for Jesse Bates, their own guys, outside free agents, I think needs to be on the offensive side. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to replace those guys, right? If it's extending or, or re-signing their own guys or if it's, you know, we let Carl Lawson walk, so now we have to spend money on an edge rusher. We let William Jackson walk, so now we have to spend a little money on corner. I think that, you know, you need a baseline defense. But when we're talking about offense, I'm talking about a team like the Chiefs. Their defense isn't great, but their offense puts their defense in great positions and the defense can play with a lead. And so if I'm the Bengals, if I'm any NFL team, I'm not really all that interested in building a defense that's going to be dominant. I just don't think that's possible anymore. I just don't think you can do that with the way the rules have gone, with the way offenses have gone in the NFL. So what I'm doing instead when I'm talking about building a a defense is I want a defense that if I give them a lead and I've got an offense that if they have the ball last, I'm confident I'm going to win the game because I have Patrick Mahomes or I have Tom Brady or I have Aaron Rodgers, then, then the defense only needs to be so good. It only needs to keep it within one score, right? It only needs to be opportunistic. It only needs to create havoc. And and that's all you really need. You need a, a certain baseline where, you know, maybe you're, you're creating pressure or maybe you have some ball hawks back there. I mean, usually mm-hmm. those two things go hand in hand, right? And, and the rest is kind of like, okay, fill it in. Be okay at run defense. Be okay with, with tackling, you're going to give up points from time to time and it's going to probably be frustrating, but you have the quarterback and you know, you look at the teams in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. The bucks have a good defense, but they're not there. If they don't have Tom Brady, there's no way, right? The, the teams that got to the end, got there with great offenses and good defenses. Yeah. They had good defenses, but a lot of that in the NFL, a lot of defensive results, are based on what your offense is doing and how the game is going, right? So you build the offense, you get that part of the game going your way because you have more control over your offense than you do over your defense in terms of what happens on the field. Then you you generally get more control over the game and you give yourself more of a chance against those teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills now, the, all those final four teams from this year's playoffs. And you would assume that the Bengals' defense is better than what we saw will be with a DJ Reader, with a Trey Waynes. You would hope, right? Regardless of what happens this offseason, you would hope that those two guys, healthy, and again, they need to stay healthy, but that that would help. Next question comes from Chaz. If you could prevent one Bengals injury in any past season, which would you pick? Dalton's thumb, Carson's knee, Crumrise leg, Pollock's neck, or Gray Cook's shoulder? Well, I'm going to go with one that I was alive for, uh, was paying attention for, right? Because I think a lot of fans would say Greg Cook's shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is like the prodigy quarterback that never got to live it out in the NFL, in, in, in Bengals history anyway. And a lot of people obviously believe that if Tim Crumrine never never gets hurt, they win the Super Bowl. So there's, there's a couple there that's like, well, maybe if those don't happen – the Bengals have some championships hanging in the stadium, but uh, for for me, it's Carson's knee. That was that was like the defining moment of my young Bengals fandom, of my young time following the team. And for, for me, that team was special. 
They had all the ingredients to make a great playoff run, and that could have just sprung Carson into a Hall of Fame career and and really propelled the Bengals forward. Andy Dalton's thumb for me, yeah, I think they were a really good team in 2015. Certainly Andy's best year, but I, I don't think that would have had the same impact if he was healthy, right? It's not... It just wouldn't have been the same. It, it wouldn't. It was in the middle of an era, rather at the beginning of an era, and so for for me, it's Carson's knee. But that's because I remember it so vividly, and I think it could have had such a such a huge impact on my lifetime following this team. Well, because if if Carson stays healthy, we're talking about Pete, like literally Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Carson Palmer. Like that's that's how people were talking. No one was having that conversation with Andy Dalton in 2015. So yeah, for me at least the one I was alive for, absolutely, it's Carson Palmer. And you want to talk about a defense that was built to win in 2020? They couldn't stop a nosebleed in 05, but they forced a lot of turnovers. <laughs> they were ball hawks, yeah. and they were intercepting the hell out of the ball. Um, but obviously, Greg Cook's shoulder is the other one and the huge question mark because of the history. And, and you you hear people talk about him pre-injury. He might have been the, the greatest Bengals quarterback of all time, and they've had some really good quarterbacks and we just we never know. And, and that's that's a really damn shame because at least we got to see Carson and he ended up having a really, really good career, even if it wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. Great cook. You never got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally with you there. Uh, but but for us, you know, both of us, young, youngish, young, we're going with the one that, that we remember. So I think that makes sense. But I, I totally don't fault you if you would take one of the, the crumb rye or, or Greg Cook. Uh, because I think a lot of fans really think those guys would have made a huge, huge, huge difference uh, impacting the Bengals' history. Uh, next couple questions are, are kind of fun, James. Wheels at AC Wheels 10 asks us about Ace and Zim over at the Cincy Jungle Podcast. Shout out Ace and Zim. I know at least one of you is listening to this episode. They've been doing the free agent <laughs> simulator and they've been doing a mock draft and an entire offseason simulator. And will we be willing to do that, James? Oh, yeah. Plans already in the works. We're, we are absolutely going to do that. You're going to get GM Jake and GM James what we would do this offseason to rebuild the jungle. I can't wait. Yep. Going to be a lot of vines and some trees and some tigers and stuff. You <laughs> and know, some jungle built bars. And built bars. That's right. Uh, next question comes from Robbie Sherald at Rob Bob UK 5 Jake and James, how did each of you manage to get the sweet gig hosting Locked On Bengals? <laughs> I don't know if anyone really knows this story, at least publicly, but I'll tell it because I, I like to give credit. Obviously, uh, I started Locked On Bengals, what, in 2016? I think it was in 2016 after they played, I want to say the Broncos was the, the first episode, and I might be wrong on that, but I want to say it was against the Broncos. The reason I even met David Locke, who obviously launched the network, or came in contact with him is because of Dan Hort. And I had worked with Dan. I produced some of Dan Hort's uh, radio shows that he had done um, you know, on ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. And I think he knew I was trying to do more and push for more. And uh, he, he kind of recommended my name to, to David as someone that might be willing to to start a podcast that didn't have any following, obviously, that no one had ever heard of and do it daily for free at the time. And uh, – and yeah, it just it, it kind of went from there. Obviously, I came back last year after uh, Joe retired or, or took a step back from it, you know everything that he was doing. So um, that, that's how I got back into it. But uh, that's how it started way back when. 
Yeah, I, I decided that I wanted to bring a co-host back and reached out to you. Turns out you were already, you already kind of floated the idea out there. So all is well that ends well, right? That that we were both going the same direction there on on different trains, parallel tracks. Uh, I ended up with it because uh, Joe Goodberry, my old good friend, and I have have long worked on football and Bengals related projects together and. He was in talks to to do the podcast, and uh, luckily for me, uh, he needed my technical expertise, and so <laughs> I, I, I got to come along for the ride. Oh, no, it wasn't that, because I remember when I was leaving, I was like, Joe, do it, and he's like, I need a co-host, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think you were the the first one that, that came to his mind, and obviously, it, uh, it worked out really well. Yeah, I, I can confirm that that is true. Joe and I have always worked well together. We've got a little bit of yin and yang energy that tends to tends to coalesce in a project that that is enjoyable for many. And I, I still to this day work on some projects with Joe. And so maybe a little a little spoiler, a little teaser for something for you guys to look forward to in case you miss some of that old stuff. So that's gonna do it for this episode of Lockdown Bengals. James and I. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll have a Senior Bowl recap mock draft Monday episode for you on Sunday night, Monday morning, depending on when you listen to the show. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.